Hello friends and welcome to Mendu Disney, episode 171, Ways to Pass Time. I'm Tom, and joining me today is Matt. What's up everybody? And no Pete, again, it's just like back and forth with you two. Uh, today, we are two guys, but normally we are three guys. We want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So I want to go ahead and apologize in advance. Um, I am at my office, which actually has a bit of an echo, and then I'm, my office is also facing the street, so you might hear some background noise. And um, obviously, I don't know if you can tell, but I have a little bit of a cold. So I'm, I'm really bringing it this episode of the Mendy Disney Podcast because it's so important to get these episodes out, and we're so excited to, to talk Disney with you guys. But circumstances today just um, ended up this way. So um, I promise we're not going back to Matt's really, really bad audio. But um, Yeah, and, and this will be more of a traditional format of an episode. I actually am going to do news. Then we're going to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. And then following that, we will go into the main topic, which is, of course, ways to pass time. But before we get to the news, I am fresh off of a Disney World vacation. I talked about it uh, on the Patreon. If you're a Patreon listener, you know that we've gone through a little bit of trip recap. I covered Genie Plus and my experience with that in Magic Kingdom. We did a day at Universal and then uh, a day at Epcot without Genie Plus. Uh, And so I've shared some thoughts on that. But uh, it's kind of nice. You get the Disney depression when you come home usually, but it's nice to have a podcast because then you can talk about it and it kind of keeps you in the magic. And then I also have a Disneyland trip planned that we're going to cover on the Patreon as well. So Tom, I want to quickly ask you, um, you know, since Pete doesn't share the Patreon <clears throat> audio with me, I have no idea. Did you also talk about your universal experience on that podcast? So yeah, there's uh, a couple different episodes. The first episode talk a little bit about Disney Springs, Magic Kingdom, and, uh, and Genie Plus. The next episode decided to combine Universal, more Disney Springs, and Epcot. Because if you've been a listener to the Patreon for any, any amount of time and you've heard an Epcot trip recap, you've probably heard them all. Because it's a very similar experience that uh, we, we do in Epcot. But uh, yes, we have, uh, we've covered all the fun, and, uh, and it was a great trip. It was a great trip. Well, that's awesome. We'll definitely talk offline about that. And I encourage all of our all of our listeners that are not Patreons to to go go over, you know, sign up. I think it's like five bucks a month. We do four episodes a month, and um, you'll hear all of Tom's experience on all those various adventures that he just went on. Well, the funny thing is because we're having to record a little bit early with the holiday coming up. Uh, the ho- and I say holiday because we are we are right in front of Thanksgiving right now. Then I come back from Thanksgiving and I go to California. Matt, you will get to hear the recap on Universal and Epcot when we record that episode in a few. So okay, uh, good. Because I mean, I'm actually really excited for Universal. You know, we're always a Disney podcast first, but there's so much to do at Universal, and we just we've lived in. You guys know this. We've lived in our Disney bubble for so long, and finally stepped out to do Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. And I know Tom couldn't wait to get back there. So yeah, that's just I guess a an organic plug for the podcast. You know, if you guys want to um, get over to the Patreon, you'll hear all about the conversation that Tom and I will have a little bit later. Um, so, Tom, I know you have some crazy Thanksgiving plans. Um, you know, when you get married and you have two different families, you got to get to, you know, both of us experience that. 
Um, you're going to be traveling, what, how many days over the next two weeks? So I was just going eight. I was going eight days straight, which covered the uh, Disney trip and one of my, and my buddy's wedding. And then um, we, we're going to be gone. And again, this episode's going to release in December, so this will have already happened. But uh, my Thanksgiving travel is uh, five days of travel for Thanksgiving, come home for a day, and then leave for another like six days. Then I come back from that trip on a Sunday. I leave for four days for work. I'm home for uh, two days, and then I leave for another four days for work. So not many days at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like you right now because um, come Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, I will not sleep in my bed again until the following Wednesday. So I'll be, I'll be out and about a good bit. And then in December, we're... Um, planning a trip to kind of mid-December and we'll be, you know, gone for a few days. So that's why we're having to record all these episodes right now. We appreciate you guys bearing with us on that. And we're still going to bring you the great Disney content that you love. And um, I'm excited for this topic. Um, If Tom talked about it, we're going to do the news first, but um, we're going to talk about the 10 best ways to pass time in line at Walt Disney World. Um, So I'm excited about that. And we might actually have a couple bonus tidbits of just ways to pass time in the parks as well. Um, Not necessarily in line. But Tom, let's go ahead and hit the news. Yeah, so this is going to be uh, kind of all over the place for news, but I, I'm going to start with one of the topics that is uh, near and dear to my heart. Fantasmic is returning next year with new characters from Frozen, Moana, and more. There's a Disney World announcement, um, I guess the week of, maybe last week, so late November, where uh, Disney, they haven't specifically said which characters will be included, but the concept art offers a few hints showing a snowflake from Frozen and an ore from Moana. I think this was actually needed. One thing I I was disappointed about was that Fantasmic was not running while uh, was not running while I'll be out at Disneyland. Uh, but I'm excited for this. The, the changes they did to fill her magic, I thought were uh, really good, and I talked about that on the Patreon. But uh, I think this is a, a welcome change. Yeah, and I'm excited because I think that just means that Fantasmic is not going away anytime soon. It's being rejuvenated. It'll be interesting, in my opinion, to see how many um, characters that, <coughs> excuse me, guys, like I said, I'm dealing with a cough here, but it'll be interesting how many characters remain from the original Fantasmic, which really hasn't changed for, you know, going on 20 years now, maybe a little, probably a little bit more, actually. Um, let's see when Fantasmic, Fantasmic debuted. So, wow. Did you know that? Fantasmic debuted May thirteenth, nineteen ninety two. I would have guessed ninety six. That that seems and early. You know what? You could be looking at Disneyland's. No, I'm looking at WDW. It's Disney Hollywood Studios. Um, looks like they reopened it. And um, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know the actual facts there. Maybe we'll do a deep dive on Fantasmic in a future Patreon podcast, or or you know, do deep dive on a couple of different shows that occur occur and have occurred in Walt Disney World in the future. But yes, yeah, so Fantasmic's getting that facelift. I think it'll be really fun. I think it's going to rejuvenate it and you know have the younger younger kids who might not know Pocahontas, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, um, really excited, and, and we'll be excited. So um, a couple other pieces here. Cirque du Soleil, uh, Drawn to Life, new show, debuted at Disney Springs. I actually believe I was there for it. <coughs> they had that entire area blocked off, and then I saw on Twitter that John Stamos was in Disney Springs. And so I think I was there that night uh, when this debuted. I don't have much aside from the fact that it debuted. There's, it was obviously a pretty lengthy development period with a lot of delays due to COVID. 
uh, but it's finally had its grand opening. And there are videos online where you can see some of that. I know people have been clamoring for parades. Well, you have a parade returning to Disney World, Festival of Fantasy Parade to return alongside the new cavalcade. So that's kind of the interesting tidbit. Disney's announced that it'll return to Magic Kingdom in 2022, but Disney also said they're going to keep the sporadic character cavalcades. So obviously, if you've been down there, you know what I'm talking about. I wouldn't call these parades. They are miniature, uh, you know, where a couple floats at a time come through sporadically throughout the day. Uh, characters of to date that you've seen would include Nick and Judy from Zootopia. We've seen Baloo, King Louie. We've seen characters from Three Cabaneros, Miguel from Coco, uh, and many more. So those will continue to take over the park, but you'll also have Festival of the Fantasy Parade returning too. The cavalcades have been so so fun to see. I mean, because we just I don't have a lot of parades. We don't have parades in Walt Disney World, so you see the floats out there, and you see characters maybe you haven't seen in a while. It's always great. Yeah, I'm glad they're keeping this. That's a that's a great thing. So a couple uh, kind of sneak peeks or, or that Disney has shared with you. Uh, Disney shared the new look of the refurbished Walter E. Disney Engine 1. Uh, this attraction has been closed a few years with uh, obviously a lot of the construction around Tron, and it's not set to open anytime soon. Uh, but it is good to see that Disney is sprucing up the locomotives behind the scene. Disney also shared an inside look at the interactive elements of Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, Star Cruiser will be... One of the most immersive experiences ever created for a theme park. Um, definitely ever created for a Disney theme park. They gave a sneak peek this week showing off some of the interactive elements that guests can expect to encounter while on board, including the much-anticipated lightsaber training. There are videos online. Josh Jumaro is in these videos, I believe, actually doing the training. Uh, so feel free to check that out. It's, I think, pretty cool. But again, very expensive. Um, let's see. Disney confirmed. That Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind Roller Coaster at Epcot will open next summer. In addition to the opening date, the new attraction poster was released and it shows the stars from the Guardians of the Galaxy film franchise, which will all be a part of the coaster, as well as what I'm assuming is the ride vehicles that we will see when riding that attraction. And just a note there, I mean, this was something that was in the works for a very, very long time. I mean, this was supposed was. <clears throat> Excuse me, goodness gracious. I believe this is originally supposed to be a part of the 50th anniversary, um, which we're you know enjoying right now at Walt Disney World. But um, we're just happy to see that it has some life and it's gonna it's gonna potentially you know be here sooner rather than later. Yeah, and keep in mind that Disney's plan that when they started to pivot on these attractions opening later, they said, "Hey, the 50th is going to be an 18 month celebration." So. Things will open during the quote-unquote 50th celebration, and this being one of them. There's a new Mickey's Magical Friendship Castle show debuting next year. They have a new castle for uh, a new castle show that will be performed in front of Cinderella Castle in the Magic Kingdom next year. It is the Mickey's Magical Flagship Fair. It'll feature Mickey and friends, and it'll be part of the ongoing 50th anniversary celebrations of the Magic Kingdom. This new show will have familiar sequences inspired by Frozen, Tangled, Princess and the Frog, and I would assume more. Uh, it'll have a new opening and new finale with Mickey Mouse and all their friends in their sparkling, iridescent fashion. Uh, two more pieces of news. Finding Nemo, the big blue and beyond to open next year. Disney confirmed that the newly reworked Finding Nemo show will be named Finding Nemo, the blue, the big blue and beyond. The show will be coming to the theater in the Walt Disney World's Animal Kingdom in 2022. 
It'll be set the timeline of the Finding Dory film, incorporating events from the sequel. Fan favorite songs from Finding Nemo the Musical will certainly return with this new version of the show, including In the Big Blue World and Go With the Flow. Uh, so that's exciting. I, Nemo's one, Nemo is one of my favorite shows at Animal Kingdom. So excited to see something come back there. Last piece of news I have for you. I can't imagine this changes between now and when the episode releases, but if it does, do keep in mind we're doing this right before Thanksgiving. Annual pass sales have been paused. And there is a ton of speculation on why this happened. Um, some people think that, you know, the crowds that are coming in for the holidays, they don't want additional annual pass holders signing up and then potentially Disney facing lawsuits because that top tier annual pass says you can come anytime you want, no blackout, no blackout dates. But if park reservations are full, then that's certainly not true. You cannot go anytime you want. Other people are saying that, oh, Disney makes less money on annual pass holders versus versus uh, park guests who do single-day tickets and who travel in for Disney World. That's true, but Disney World has a reservation system. They can mix and match whatever whatever mix they want in the park, right? They could limit how many annual pass holders come in and beef up how many non-annual pass holders can come in. I think I tend to believe more that Disney Disney sees crowds coming in the holidays. They're going to halt the uh, the annual pass sales for now because they're ha- they're going to run into the potential where park reservations are fully booked and then you're going to have some really frustrated people who have spent twelve thirteen fourteen hundred dollars on an annual pass with no blockout dates and you're essentially blocking them out of the park. Now that's cor- my opinion. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Tom, but if you are a Florida resident, you can still get a, a Disney I, annual. I believe pass. you can only renew. Okay, so that's that 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 definitely leads credence to what you're talking about, where they're trying to limit the crowds at the parks. In my in my yeah, opinion. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure to I'll make sure to clarify that right now because this is important to uh, to know. But yeah, there definitely was a caveat on um, on Florida residents. Yeah, I seem to see I seem I to recall in the group chat, you know, people talking. To, we we have a we have a, a couple friends um, that are. Um, Florida residents, and I know one of them, or I think both of them, have actually either purchased before this happened, or they renewed. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, so the the uh, the pixie dust option is the only one available for for new sales for Florida residents, and you know why that is? They already have lockout days <clears throat> in, in the holidays. Yes, I mean that's something that I know a couple of friends have looked into doing the um, pixie dust package. But, you know, I think that's perfectly fine if you're going to be able to go to the parks, you know, with regular frequency. Because um, you can go on a Monday or Tuesday evening and you don't have to worry about weekends or holidays. But, yeah, that, thanks for that clarification, Tom. Yeah, and, and another thing to note about that Pixie Dust Past, I think it's only valid on weekdays. That, that's, that's what I thought as well. So, uh, take that for what, it, for what it's worth. If you have an opinion on why Disney did this, let us know. Uh, this was obviously news. I was I was in Florida when they paused it. I wasn't at Disney Springs. I was at Disney Springs the day before, but I heard the the mess at guest services Disney Springs was outrageous. That some people that day got them and then they paused it and some didn't, and just an absolute mess. But anyway, that's the news. Uh, again, recording this a touch early, so if things come out between now and the release date, uh, you know, please please be patient with us to get that news actually out in recording. But um, with that being said, we're going to take a moment to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. 
and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Alrighty. Thank you, uh, as always, the King of Shoulders for helping support this podcast. Um, with that being said, hopefully you guys are utilizing King of Shoulders when you go down, if, if you have kids. and um, I think this episode is actually appropriate for those of you who have kids because we're talking about ways to pass time in line. And as an adult, at least for me, uh, I spend too much time on my phone anyway, but I just get on my phone and start reading different sports message boards or I start fiddling with... with uh, you know, group me's and talking to my buddies. Uh, but as kids, sometimes maybe you don't want the screen time or you uh, try to limit that. So it becomes more difficult to pass time in line. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I'll go ahead and kick off our list. And this is something that I was frustrated in myself that I did not have this app down or updated when I was going through the Peter Pan queue, but it is the Disney Play app. So Disney has the My Disney Experience app. And then alongside that, you can download something called the Disney Play app. And this now, it's, it's an interactive app, and many attractions have interactive experiences within that that you can use to pass time. I think Disney Play is most notably known for, uh, most notably used in Galaxy's Edge, where you can interact with a lot of the land. But each attraction has specific games to that attraction. Not each. A lot of attractions have specific games to the attraction. And they have specific interactions you can do. I have not fact-checked the person in line that told me this, but someone told me in the Peter Pan line, that when you get into the kid's bedroom and you see Tink that usually flies around and opens drawers, that is a Disney Play app feature that someone is, is activating that. I just assumed it happened randomly. It didn't happen the five minutes I was in there, and I was told in line that someone obviously no one's using the Disney Play app. So that is probably one way where you can stay in that Disney bubble. You're still enjoying the parks because you're, you're having to look up what the interactions you're doing. And... Uh, it's kind of meant to be. I mean, it's it's what Disney intended it to be, to help you pass time in lines and to utilize that app. I've, I've never actually used the Disney Play app, but I do know, um, like like what Tom said, you know, it is a really, really fun thing that a lot of people take advantage of. And, you know, please let us know if you have used it, because like, like Tom said, that's just a lot of a lot of fun potentially in a way to, to pass the time in line, because we all know the Disney lines, especially with no Fast Pass now, can get a little bit out of hand, um, and you got to find some way to, to handle it. So the next one, phone games. And I, you know what? I was going to kind of open this one up, Matt. The, the one I see the most is Heads Up. I saw people playing Heads Up in every single attraction line I was in uh, at Disney this past, a couple weekends ago now. What phone games do you like to play in line if you had to pick a phone game? You know, honestly, I don't, 
I saw Heads Up all the time, and it seems like a lot of fun. I've actually never played Heads Up. I know that I think you've played it a few times, Tom, with friends. You've told me about it. Um, I really try not to use my phone in line because I'm always so worried about my phone's battery life um, at Walt Disney World. But if I had to play a phone game, it would probably it probably just be Age of War. I mean, the little games that I play, Candy Crush, Pass, Pass the Time kind of games, um, there's some games called like, there's a game called Retro Bowl that I play all the time. I think Tom, you play um like Golf Pass or something. So I mean, I don't know yeah. if I would play an actual like interactive game, but I think an interactive game would be better because if you're with a group of friends, you know, playing heads up, you know, one person's using their phone battery, no one else is using it, so you can kind of make sure you you, you kind of salvage some of that battery, the phone battery. But yeah, I mean, I don't play a lot of games, Tom. I mean, I, I like to talk to people, and you know, probably to the detriment of me and. My wife probably gets annoyed because I'm very easily um, bored. So when I get bored, I start talking. What about you, Tom? Yeah. So yeah, I would say I was thinking Age of War for you because you uh you want you want to go ahead and say your brag. You can beat Age of War 100 percent of the time on the most difficult setting. I sure can. Yeah, you're a pretty good Age of War player. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, Heads Up is is one of the better games you can play. You know, I I just I do so much talking to my friends. Uh, I'm looking through phone games I have right now. I mean, Poke- if you play Pokemon Go and, you, and you're and you not worried about the battery, Disney World is a great place to play Pokemon Go. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I like to dabble with Pokemon Go. I have, really haven't played Pokemon Go in a really long time. But, um, yeah, that's a fun that's a fun way to play. And you, you might get some, I mean, if you play Pokemon Go, you'll know that different geographic areas can, you know, catch different Pokemon. So that's a fun way to do it. And if you just need to restock on Pokeballs or... Potions. I don't want to sound too geeky, but yeah, definitely, um, definitely take advantage of Pokemon Go there because it's unless you live in a big city, you know, it's really hard to play that game, you know, regularly and and get things that you want. Um, the next and one on the list. Prob- Go ahead. Well, I would say I probably should have mentioned this to start, but uh, you're gonna need an external phone charger for some of these, just an FYI. But uh, anyway, back to Matt with the next one. Yeah, and you can buy the external phone charger. I actually did that at Walt Disney World. Um, I think it was like twenty bucks. You just go to like there was a kiosk inside um, the Emporium, and I bought one there because I was really worried about getting an Uber out of the park. Um, my wife's phone was dying too. Um, but one of my favorite things to do is spot hidden Mickey's. Hidden Mickey's are all around in Disney queues, but also the parks in general. So um, I, I I like this one, Tom. I'm glad you put this one on the list. Um, one of my favorite hidden Mickeys is the glasses on the table in Tower of Terror. When you, you know, first enter into the hotel, and you can see the, um, you can see what's out there. Um, but yeah, there's a couple different hidden Mickeys there. I mean, Tom, do you have any favorite hidden Mickeys that you've seen in lines? Man, I mean, I have. I, I like hidden Mickeys anywhere. Uh, my so there's a hidden Mickey book. It's yellow. It's narrow. I've bought that in the parks before, but then we found an app. It was like six ninety nine. You can check off Hidden Mickey's. It has the tips, again, using your phone. There are some on the Jungle Cruise, specifically one when, you, uh, when you're when you waiting to board your boat and it's on a tree above like the, the Tiki Hut or the little house across the river. That's one I haven't found yet, and I, was, I looked obviously high and low this last trip, but spotting Hidden Mickey's has been fun. I, I enjoy doing it on attractions too, so... Being someone who had the annual pass and, and went quite a bit, I don't want to say that attractions got stale, but sometimes you're tired, you've ridden this attraction a lot, and you're just almost like, go, you almost went, go through the motions. 
when I started really looking for hidden Mickeys in attractions, everything became, I was so jacked up. Like everything became a little more fun. So I think spotting hidden Mickeys, make it a competition, make it a game who can find the most. Sometimes there are unintended hidden Mickeys that people can find that the Disney does not list as a true hidden Mickey. So that's what I was about to say. Great, I mean, I've, I've seen a couple of yeah. times where it's like, it kind of looks like a Mickey. And if you're in a competition with somebody else and someone's like, that's definitely, that's it. definitely not a Mickey. No, look, you see that the two ears and the head and come on, how's that not a Mickey? So I agree with you there, Tom. That's, that's hilarious. So, um, this typically would be try to maximize your fast passes, but the next one on the list, try to maximize your Genie Plus choices, uh, which would help you avoid lines later, which would mean you limit your time having to pass time in lines. But I I haven't quite figured out, and I mentioned, and I talked about this on the Patreon, I haven't quite perfected Genie Plus. I do think I got in a rhythm with it late in the day and, and started to know what I was doing and how to do it, but it's not as, you can't manipulate it to the point that you manipulated the fast pass system. However, you can continuously look because times are always being grabbed and given back, and you can continually look to try to avoid your Genie Plus choices. That's something you can do in line. Yep, and like Genie Plus is something I have no experience with. Tom has talked about it, and um, you know definitely check out the Patreon to get to get the information there. And if you've had experience with Genie Plus, let us know. Let us know what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you. Um, you know, and um, really, I mean, that's I feel like far scum, and that's all I have to say about that. But uh, I'm excited to see where Genie Plus goes. I think it's only going to get better if we can trust the technology and trust trust the software. Um, one th- one thing here, Tom, that you have on the list that we do literally probably two times a day is you know we will take advantage of doing a mobile order while you're in line. You know, if you're about halfway through a 45 minute line and you know there's a restaurant that you know it's within walking distance, you know, 10, 10 minutes away, which everything is really 10 minutes away in Walt Disney World, whichever park you're in, go ahead and place your mobile order because you can actually spend some time looking at the restaurants, looking at the menu, looking at the time slots that are available. And it's just an easy way to take care of a necessity. You know, you got to eat when you're in the park. So, <clears throat> excuse me. If you're able to do, if you're able to go ahead and place your mobile order, it just makes life a lot easier. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I love food. So being able to look over a menu and pick, and oftentimes my, my eyes are bigger than my, my stomach. But it is a good way to pass time. And then you know, hey, right when I get off this attraction, we got something else planned. That kind of helps when you want to go look at another Genie Plus selection. You can look out a bit on that. So uh, all, all that is good. Speaking of liking food, uh, you can do this in line again. Eat a snack or drink a drink. I, I'll tell you, I love love getting getting a beverage or a snack. And uh, it's like when I'm driving. I like to like to eat or have something to drink while I'm driving. Now, when I'm driving, it's obviously like a sweet tea or water, not some of the beverages I get at Disney. But uh, yeah, eating a snack or drinking a drinking line helps pass at least a little bit of time. Yeah, I was going to say, who who hasn't, you know, just eaten out of boredom? I mean, I do it all the time. I'm sitting there bored. I'm like, hey, I'm going to make some nachos or I'm going to, you know, reheat something that's a leftover. Heck, sometimes I just even order food and then I eat while I'm waiting for the food to get there. Um, there's a lot of different different ways to pass the time when it comes to eating or drinking. Um, the one thing to remember is you're not allowed to take um, like a drink into like the indoor part of a queue. Um, at least that's what I've, I've been experiencing the past couple of times I've gone. But when you're standing outside in the queue, um, especially now they've relaxed some of the COVID stuff, you are able to carry a, a beverage. And any park outside of the Magic Kingdom that has a you know, longer outside queue, I think when I went with my wife, we had about a 45-minute wait for um, Tower of Terror, 
And I actually got two drinks waiting in the line. I think we got some ice cream too when we got got to the towards the front of the line where you can get there's a little ice cream kiosk that you can pick up some 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 um, chocolate bars or ice cream bars there. Um, so I mean that's the way Disney makes money though because I mean if I'm gonna wait, it'll, <laughs> excuse me, gosh, anytime I laugh now I start coughing. But um, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna wait in line, you know, be mindful of how much you're spending on what you're doing, but just enjoy it. You know, get a get a quick get a quick um a quick meal or what's it called, Tom? Why am I blanking on it right now? A snack. Yeah. Let's just call it. We'll a call snack. it a snack. Okay. Um, I I'll tell you. I um I have this bad problem, and this is a little bit of a we're going off script here. But when I get in Disney, I like sometimes I just have this mentality like ah whatever I'm here like I'm not gonna limit myself. It's probably bad. I mean, it was like, it's like I think I have unlimited money. So like the other night, I was like, ah, oh, we're here. We might as well go eat at Boma. I didn't even think about that. It's going to be, you know, $120 dinner for two people. But anyway, uh, back to the regularly scheduled program. This is something as a kid I remember enjoying. Um, I grab a park map almost every time I go in Disney World. I did last time. I never use or look at the map, but I do grab one. Uh, so grab a park map when you enter the park. Give the map to your kids in line, give them a pin, and let them draw on it, let them circle attractions they want to ride, let them maybe map out a plan. I remember loving this as a kid. And, and past that, I mean, especially if you're going with someone who hasn't been to Disney World very frequently, and if you're in, like in a group of people, you can say, hey, we're going to meet back here at 1045. Just take a pin, circle where you're going to meet, and you know, write the time down you're going to meet back up. Because sometimes people don't, I mean, a lot of people don't know the parks as well as we do. I mean... Sometimes, I mean, well, I'll be honest, when I went to Hollywood Studios, I kind of found myself lost. Um, I didn't really know where I was going, where things were. Um, and now, now I think I can do it. But we, we talk about all the time being able to, um, you know, just kind of walk around, um, walk around the parks blind. All right. So moving on to the next one. Uh, Matt, this is probably something you've done. Pin trade with others in line. <clears throat> yeah, normally I'm trying to swindle my brother or my mom out of a good pin they have, but um, I haven't really done much pin trading in line. But I've done a lot of pin trading just at the pin trading kiosks where you can purchase, where you can buy pins. Um, but sometimes you might see a cast member. Well, not anymore. But in the past, you might see a cast member with a lanyard on where you could have you know pin traded with them. But um, yeah, I mean, if you find someone that has pins and you want to start a conversation, if nothing else, you know, you're having a conversation about pins and your favorite pins and why you like them. And, and sometimes you can strike up a deal. Um, a lot of times I'll try and find kids who are starting their pin trading and I'll just go ahead and give them five or six of my trader pins because I have, you know, so many pins at this point. But even if you can't trade with somebody in line, you know, it never hurts to, you know, just be a nice person and say, hey, you know, are you into pin trading? Yeah, yeah, just started. Okay, here, take these pins and then you know go around and find some, find some find some cast members to trade with to get your favorite characters. No doubt, no doubt. Here's here the next one is something I do a lot. I pick up my phone and I call people when I'm in line, killing time. Now it can be rude to whoever you're with, so you got to be cognizant of that. But if there if there's a time, hey, I, I missed a call from family or I want to touch base with a friend. Good time to do it is when you're standing in line and you got nothing else to do because it's uh, it's not as fun when you're trying to get across the park and get in to do something different. Uh, when you have nothing going on waiting in line, it's a good time to catch up with people. And on top of that, even when you're just walking through the parks, I mean, when I when I went on my my solo day at Animal Kingdom, when my wife was you know not feeling well, I called Pete and I called you nonstop, and I was talking to you guys throughout walking through the park and in lines until 
you know, I lost cell service or just didn't make sense anymore. But yeah, I mean, it's a good time to catch up with your friends. I agree. Speaking of talking to people, this is probably something you've also done. Striking up a conversation with others in line. It just depends. You know, you can kind of feel out like if someone wants to talk. I mean, obviously, if you have like a mother in front of you with two kids who's trying to, you know, manage kids or, you know, a dad who's carrying a kid, they probably don't want to talk to you. But if you have the opportunity, you know, find out where people are from, you know, what what brought them to Disney. Um, I mean, there's a million different conversation points you can have in a line at Walt Disney World. You know, have you ridden this attraction before? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've written it as my favorite one or no, I've never written this. And you know, what, what can I expect on it? Um, there's a lot, of, I mean, I, I, I talk to everybody, so, um, <clears throat> I agree. Yeah, Tom, that, that's a good one. Um, Tom, I see you have a bonus one here. Um, bring headphones and watch Disney plus. Um, well, here's what I was thinking. I mean, you have Wi-Fi, so you're not really burning data. I, I mean, why not fire up some Disney plus? And uh, watch it. Why not fire up some Disney YouTube and get tips for your for things to do around the park? I think this is one that you kind of do if you're kind of solo in Walt Disney World. Um, you know, when you're by yourself, you don't have someone in line with you to be able to to be able to talk to. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with this. I mean, honestly, I wish I had thought about it when I was in Animal Kingdom by myself because I did. I didn't have extreme lines, but you know, when I was eating lunch, I was I was just eating lunch by myself, kind of in my own thoughts. I should have you know, fired up a YouTube video or fired up, you know, the Mandalorian to get hyped up to go into um, Star Wars land the next time I went, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, definitely do that kind of stuff. I mean, one thing that we talk about all the time, and this is what my wife and I did in line, we just took turns, you know, randomly thinking of a Disney character and playing 20 questions, you know, is the character a male or a female? Is it an animal? Is it larger than, um, you know, a mouse? I mean, if you think about Mickey Mouse, um, you know, is it a core Disney character? You know, is it like Pluto, Goofy, Minnie, Mickey, Donald, Daisy? Um, and we, we had a lot of fun trying to find obscure characters. And, and more often than not, in 20 questions, you will be able to figure out who the, who the character is. And Tom, I think we, we didn't really do this much in line, maybe a little bit, but we kind of did this in the hotel room before our first day. We were just kind of killing time. So you can definitely do stuff like that. Um, I think on the next episode, we need to talk about ways to kill time like in the parks, not in line. And we were kind of running out of time here on this episode. I know your guys' attention span is only so long. But um, there's a lot of fun things you can do in the parks as well. That, um, you know, rides that are, have short ride, ride line, or wait times or um, rides that, you know, take a little bit of time that can, you know, get you, th- get you to your dinner reservation or get you to, um, you know, your mobile pickup order. There's a lot of fun things that you can do in the park that don't actually involve, you know, being in a, in a line or being in a queue. Well, that's it. I mean, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we do. Uh, 20 questions was a good thought, but um, I'd be interested to hear what you guys do when you're in line. Did we cover what you do or do you do something different or uh, do you prefer to, to just kind of sit in silence and listen to the park or um, or what? So let us know. Um, but before we wrap up the episode, I do want to do our secret of the night and our trivia of the night or trivia of the week rather. But before I get to that, Matt, do you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I think this is this is a fun episode. I think it was an opportunity to talk about ways to pass time because right now, unfortunately, just face it, we have no fast pass. And unless you're going to buy an express, you know, whatever it's called, express lane pass, I think it's universal. Gen- Genie Plus. Yeah. Yeah, Genie Plus. Unless you're going to do that, then you're going to be spending some time in lines. And I think it's just a great time to to reconnect as a family and, and take a couple deep breaths because you're in Disney World and it's going to be a long trip. 
and there's going to be stress. So let's make them waiting in line very, I mean, as least stressful as possible. Yeah, well said. Uh, well said. And, and uh, again, Genie Plus to have the ability to make, we'll call them fast passes if, if you're not familiar with the, the new term, which is the lightning lanes, uh, $15 plus tax per person. So it does add up. Uh, but I do think it's worth it in Magic Kingdom. I will say that. Anyway, secret of the night. Uh, this is wild. I have not fact checked this. Uh, I found it on a Reddit thread, and this is one of the wildest things I've ever heard. So, in the summer of night, did you know? I bet you didn't know this actually. In the summer of 1972 in California, a guest fired a 22 caliber handgun at the glass in a scene in the haunted mansion. The scene was the one in the ballroom. He fired at two ghosts who were dueling in that room. The hole is now covered by what's meant to look like a spider web. Surprisingly enough, though, this gets wilder. The same guests shot a hole into the second-to-last window of the primeval world diorama, and the bullet fragments also matched that of those found in the original Tomorrowland ride Adventure Through Inner Space. So in short, the same guy fired a handgun in three different rides at Disneyland. And I guess that's why I've always survived not being the 1,000th happy ghoul or happy ghost in... Um... Yeah. Wow. Here's, here's the last part about it. So... I, I cannot wait to be in Disneyland and try to find this this hole, this uh, bullet hole in the glass. But they did not replace the glass because it would have required them to remove the roof of the mansion. It simply costs too much to do. So if you look close enough, you will actually see the bullet hole behind the fake spider. That's kind of scary. I mean, do we know what time frame this was in? Yeah, yeah. I started with it. 1972. Yeah, so 1972. I wonder if it was a cast member who just went on a, a little spree throughout the parks. Um, Again, I haven't fact-checked it. If you know anything about it, please tell me more, because this is one of the wildest things I've ever read about Disney. I, I feel uh, like this anyway. is a myth, Tom. I mean, I, I'm going to go with it for the I, secret. And I, I, Like you said, I want to hear more about this. I mean, I can't get enough of this kind of content. This is wild. <laughs> and even if it's not real, I'm going to still be looking for the bullet hole every time I go, because I just... No, keep in mind, Disneyland, not Disney yeah. World. Disneyland. Well, it had to be for 72. Um could have been disney world yeah could have been disney world opened in 71 i don't know when some, of, some of those some of those attractions you talked about aren't in walt disney world correct correct see i got you all right uh going to the trivia of last week uh two weeks ago how many trash cans are there in the magic kingdom uh i don't remember if i told you this answer you did i'm gonna make a guess i'm gonna make a guess i'm gonna say 3013 no that's way too much 999 you're closer there are 700 plus trash cans in the Magic Kingdom. Basically, the story goes to figure out the best place to put these trash cans. Uh, one day, they opened the park with no trash cans and gave everyone free candy. By the end of the day, they noticed where piles of trash had begun to accumulate, about 20 to 30 feet apart. With that knowledge, they strategically placed trash can every 20 to 30 feet. You will never go more than 10 steps without having a trash can within arm's reach. Now, the story could be a bit exaggerated, but there is roughly a trash can every... 30 feet at Disney World. So just for semantic purposes, you said 700 plus. So either of my guesses could be accurate. No doubt. Yep, no doubt. I'll take um, that. Yeah, you, you can have that. Uh, also, Haunted Mansion did open it in 71 uh, with park opening in Walt Disney World. But anyway, we're going to go to the trivia question for this week. What year is Main Street based on in America? So what when they built Main Street USA, what year do they want it to depict? Also, what year is Tomorrowland designed to represent? And the last part of this, kind of three-parter, why? 
Why did they pick the two the years they picked? I will tell you that Main Street is the year is different than Tomorrowland's year. But why did they pick those two years in particular? You can tweet us at Mendu WDW Podcast or email us at Mendu WDW at gmail.com. I'm excited for that, Tom. I mean, that's that I'm gonna rack my brain on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna make some guesses on the next episode, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look it up because I, I, I love getting the trivia questions. Sometimes when I don't even listen to you guys when I'm not on it, I'll just skip to the end to hear the trivia questions. Well, better luck uh, next week because you had pretty uh, terrible guesses this week. Uh, But in closing, that is all for us this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. And thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week. See ya.